Here we go. Episode 80 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo, and I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. Uh, we're finishing up week 11 as we speak in the NFL. It was an exciting one. Before we get to it, JM, you're uh, you're you're building a lead in our spread picks. You feeling a little confident there? How you doing? I am. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh went three for three on Sunday. Feeling pretty good about myself. Um, I usually parlay the picks that I put on the show. So for some reason this week, I decided, you know what? Let me just leave them as they are. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet those picks. And they all ended up hitting. So I don't know if that means maybe I should just do that every week. So I go three for three on the show. I don't know, but feel pretty good about myself. Not about my football team, but about myself. I'm feeling pretty good. We are going to start with your New York Jets. Uh, We got a couple of cool things we're going to do later. Uh, We'll save the surprise for later on. We're going to do a cool segment. I do want to start with the Jets, though, because not only was, you know, that game probably set football back a a couple of years I think we said that about the the Colts Broncos game earlier this year. We mm-hmm. said the same thing about that game, but that was a tough watch. But the story now is that fact that Robert Zala has not committed to Zach Wilson for next week against the Bears. So the Jets lose ten to three off a punt return. Zach Wilson played terribly, and then on top of all this, the post game press conference did not go Zach's way. Yeah, I mean. It the, the Jets have been babying this guy since day one, um, and it's finally time for them to start treating the guy like a man. I think they are. I think that's why Robert Salas said uh, today, Monday, that um, he wasn't ready to commit to Zach Wilson on Sunday. And can you really blame the guy? Um, just a horrible performance. You know, if you, if you open your Twitter as a Jets fan or even as an NFL fan, you'll see videos all over the place of Zach Wilson missing receivers uh overthrowing them uh just frank simply not throwing to open receivers uh Denzel Mims was open for a touchdown in the end zone on a post route Zach completely missed them didn't even look at them um just a horrible performance obviously the second half performance especially was abysmal they had two total yards of offense and Zach had zero accountability for himself after the game um you know what you're referring to they asked him does he uh should he uh does he feel bad does he for... take responsibility for no not that he takes responsibility with something like do you feel accountable or uh something about not helping the defense out. not helping the defense right the defense played so well you only put up three points and his answer was literally just no and um, he didn't even let the guy finish the question yeah so it was it was like a pissed off bratty no that's the kind of vibe he gives off um as you can tell, I'm pretty pissed off with the guy. I like to always say on the show that I'm not one of those overreacting, overreacting fans, spoiled fans, but I've seen this movie before with Sam Darnold, and it's a different movie that's being written with Zach Wilson, but I know a, a bust when I see one. This guy's not going to amount to anything. I'm sorry. I I, I don't want to wait and say, oh, third year's the make or break year. Um, I've seen enough. He's not improving at all. He misses wide open receivers. He cannot make smart decisions. He's trying to play hero ball. And every time he does that, it usually ends up terribly. He just doesn't seem like he could play at an NFL level. This is different than past years, though, because 
usually the Jets will miss on the quarterback and it's, oh, we got to reset. But in this scenario, the Jets don't have to reset because Joe Douglas has done an unbelievable job of building this roster. I'm, I've been critical of Rob Sala, Robert Sala. I can't be. He's got his defense playing at an incredibly high level. There are other scenarios in which, you know, maybe Sala hasn't shown that he's an elite or, you know, a really good head coach. But this defense has improved, and you got to give him some of the credit for that. So I don't have a problem with Salah right now. This defense, some of these skill guys, the offensive line when healthy, have been th- these positions have been built out very well by the general manager. So the Jets are in a scenario where they haven't been before, where the roster, especially the deep, the defense is a championship level defense as we speak today, and the rest of the roster is going to continue to grow and get better. The Jets are going to be in a scenario, most likely this offseason, where they have to be looking to get a veteran quarterback to quarterback this team because then you're a serious contender for the Super Bowl with a roster like this and a coach that more and more gains confidence and gets more experience and players will start believing in more. Yeah, that see, that's the part where things get a little dicey is, you know, we're, we're – we're talking about moving on from Zach. I mean, I, I, I know there's some people out there who still want to, you know, give it a chance. But I think at this point, you have a championship-level defense, like you said. You need to start looking for replacements. Um, so now you get to the point where it's dicey, where do you go the rookie quarterback route? You know, do the Jets try to trade up, do something like that? Or do you go to the veteran route? I agree. I think with the defense that they have right now, um, and, you know, the guys on your rookie, you know, you're going to have to bring back Quentin Williams next year. You got Sauce Gardner on his rookie deal. And, you know, you got a nice young core. Brees Hall should be coming back next year. Elijah Rare Tucker on his rookie deal, right? You got a nice young, talented core with not making a lot of money. You can go out and spend a little money next year or maybe go and trade. Derek Carr is a big candidate. You're going to have to eat a lot of money um, if you do trade for him from the Raiders because of the extension that he signed and all that money is about to turn into guaranteed money and blah, blah, blah. So, honestly, the way I was thinking after yesterday or even early today about, oh, do we really want to trade for a a Derek Carr or someone of that caliber? I was like, I don't want to do that. But then as I thought it out more and more, I'm like, you know, that's all we really need right now. If we had a Derek Carr-level quarterback, we win that game yesterday. We win the game on Sunday. We probably, we definitely win the game against them uh, a couple weeks ago also, where Zach threw three interceptions. You need a guy who is going to manage the game, which is a guy like Derek Carr, but he could also make some plays on his feet. And, you know, he could, he, he could sling it a little bit. Um, you need a guy that could just stick to the script, take care of the ball. And anytime Zach Wilson is forced to make some plays, you know, the running, the run offense breaks down. Um, or they're in a high-pressure situation where they, they can't really run the ball, they're in a two-minute drill, something like that, he just seems to crumble. So how can you not l- be looking to move on already, which I, they are literally, as of this Sunday, they're already talking about starting Mike White or Joe Flacco. I mean, they haven't said who they would start. I, I think it's pretty much a guarantee Zach's not going to play from what Salah said already. I mean, how could he not? You want to hear you want to hear an opposite take of that, and and I think I don't know which way to feel yet. I'll, I'll probably have an answer tomorrow. I think this could be a wake up call for Zach. I think kind of what you said, and I've heard this be talked about today as well. Zach feels way too comfortable. He looks way too comfortable 
out off the field, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Could have this right. been a message to Zach saying, listen, buddy, your job is not safe. We're going to give you one more crack at this, but we're going to go to the media. We're going to say, you know what? We are considering a change. I think Mike White is terrible. I, I don't see any upside there. Yeah. Blacko could possibly win you a game if he can manage it, but he can't move. I, I don't know. I just think sticking with Zach, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. He, I don't think he's the guy, but it's not even 20 games into his NFL career. Can we see a little bit more? What's the downside in playing I, that guy anymore? I, I understand what you're saying. Um, my counter to that though is this isn't the same old Jets and the stuff we're used to talking about where I'll just just you know see what he's got everything like that. This is a six and four football team. This is a team that was had a, an opportunity to take the first place position in the AFC East yesterday for the first time that late in the season since probably who even the hell knows 2011 or even before that 2002 the last time they won the division. Um, you know, this team needs to, is playing meaningful football games. And me as a fan, I'm tired of the, oh, let's see if, you know, what our quarterbacks got. I just want to win. I don't care how it's done. You know, yesterday, if we won that game in the most ugliest fashion, I don't care. I'm still happy. I want my team to win. And I'm sure everybody in that building agrees, too. They want to win. They they care more about winning football games than if, you know, Zach Wilson is the the, the future guy. I mean, they, they obviously want Zach Wilson to be the future guy, but they'll pick winning over that. Um I get what you're saying about, you know, wake up call. And that's what I was thinking too, is, you know, they're not treating him like a baby anymore. Sal is saying this to, you know, put a fire under Zach's ass kind of a thing. But I don't want to take what he said too literally, but if you literally listen to what he said, he said, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't commit to Wilson yet. I have to look at the tape. I, I can't commit on that yet. I have to look at the tape and evaluate. And if, if he actually means tape. that, if he looks at the tape, <laughs> then – Unless he's Stevie Wonder, Zach Wilson should not be playing on Sunday. I mean, that is the worst tape I've seen in a really long time. It because is then genuinely what's your disturbing. Answer? They need to put a rated R restriction on the Zach Wilson game tape from against the Patriots. It will make you physically Ill. I have seen horror movies less disturbing than the Zach Wilson game on Sunday. Wrong answers only. What is uh, Robert Sala's answer if he says after he watched the tape, he he's going with, he's sticking with Zach Wilson. Like what could his answers possibly be if he does say that? Because that's exactly what he said. He said he's going to watch the tape. And if you're a hundred percent correct, if he's watching the tape, obviously it's going to be somebody else. I don't know. It's honestly, sometimes I don't understand how these NFL head coaches do it, how they like diverge from these questions and stuff like that. I don't even know what kind of BS he's going to spew, but. God bless him. And by the way, the guy already watched the tape. He already watched some sort of film on the flight back to uh, New Jersey yesterday. And I don't want to sound like Colin Cowherd here, but I am going to sound like Colin Cowherd here. Zach Wilson comes from, where is he from? Where where is he from again? Uh, Isn't he from, I mean, he went to BYU, but is he from Utah? I think he's from over there. He comes from a very, very, very rich family. Yeah, he's from Utah, Draper, Utah. Okay. Comes from a very rich family from Draper, Utah. Okay. His uncle owns JetBlue, I'm pretty sure. Okay. One of the the big uh, airlines. He's been spoiled his entire life. He's gotten 
clearly good looking guy has gotten every girl he's ever wanted in his life probably has never been told to know and you can see it on him you can see when he answers these questions so whether it's from the media or just anywhere else you see him on social media he looks like that spoiled effing brat and the spoiled brat is being told no right now and i this is not the worst thing for him and this is certainly not the worst thing for the new york jets and may i add this it was asked today during the press conference because i listened to a little bit of it with sala is there any consideration to changing the play caller i don't i think mike lafleur has been eh I'm not blaming him for Sunday's loss of the Patriots because you were 100% right. There are all these videos out there of the of the misses that Zach Wilson had, but he needs to take a little bit of blame for what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I was yelling at the TV all day, how about some offensive creativity? Um, I don't think LaFleur's been that bad. Like you said, I think he's been eh. He, um, he's called some pretty good plays. You know, so we've seen a little bit of creativity. Uh, the Packers game, he had some nice play calling there. But yeah, I mean he's he's definitely not uh anything special. Um now I don't know what they would do is as to change the play caller and everything like that. I think that's a little overboard. But I think the most obvious change is you just gotta get a new quarterback in there. I'm sorry, I've seen I've seen enough. Can Aaron Rodgers be the guy? Oh my god. Uh I I that would be nice. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Girl, first. To Aaron Rodgers. Throw a first, a third, and a fifth, and take all the money. Not, yeah. not the, not the craziest thing in the world. We've had enough first round picks over the past couple of years. We could afford to give one up. Well, that's the thing. Quarterbacks, we've seen these star quarterbacks move the past few off season. So if you have the draft picks and you have the money and you're willing to eat the contracts, it could be a scenario where it doesn't work. Like it's not working in Denver right now. But yeah, if you have the roster. You, it you worked in Los take... Angeles. Yeah, and it worked in Tampa. Yeah. Um. Oh. Is Deshaun Watson playing next week? Should he play? Yes. He, you know what? And, and I do want to talk about the Browns a little bit. We can talk about them now quick because I watched a lot of that game. I bet the Browns eight and a half against the uh, seven and a half against the Bills. Brissett and like the whole team, like they look like they come out of the gate and they look so great. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, they fall apart toward the middle and they look good again in flashes. Yeah. They're a weird ass team. Yeah. But they're out of it. And Deshaun Watson needs to get NFL action before he takes the field next year. He needs to get that speed sort of back because the roster is great. They're going to be competing for a division in a Super Bowl next year if Deshaun Watson's right. So they have to get him on the field this year. They have to. How nice would it be if he tore his ACL though on the first play back? You know what? This is this, I was thinking That'd about this. I was thinking about this over the weekend. How is the NFL going to promote this guy? Like, is it just going to go back to like being normal? Where let's say Deshaun Watson throws a ninety-eight yard touchdown and it's sixty yards through the air, whatever, whatever it is, and it's a huge highlight play. Are we going to see a post from the NFL like, look at this play from Deshaun Watson? You know. You remember have a day? Are they gonna post the you know? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I miss those, man. I know I miss those too. Yeah, those were good. Are they gonna post like what a day for Deshaun Watson? Like, yeah. How are they gonna promote this guy? How are the how are the announcers going to talk about him? That's exactly. Gonna... That's exactly what they're gonna do, man. They're just gonna act like everything is normal. He to them, he served his suspension. Everything's fine. Now it's back to normal. That's exactly what they're gonna do. 
I don't know. I think maybe to the NFL and the people running the accounts, like they're going to be told this is what has to happen. He's back. He served a suspension. But are we going to really get excited for a guy like this? Or 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 play-by-play announcers and color analysts that do these games? Are they going to be able to just go back to normal as if they nothing happened? I I don't know. I mean, I think so. Well, honestly, what I'm more interested in is what's that relationship going to be like between him and the other players in the league on the field? What's that going to be like? That that dialogue? Are there going to be guys talking smack with them? You know, it's calling them this and that or whatever. There'll be guys that hate him, and if you know him and your teammates with him, you're gonna hope that nothing is true and you're just gonna have to try and move on yeah, yeah. it's it's a really weird situation yeah we haven't really seen something like this but they're a weird ass team and every time amari cooper touches football it's like i know the cowboys had cap issues but did we really have to get rid of this guy mm-hmm. and he, he was banged up he's you know he, he missed time over there but man is he good and the Cowboys, who are searching for a number two wide receiver right now, they're, you know, flirting with – I mean, come on. I mean, I don't want to get inappropriate here, but, I mean, like they're about to, you know – they're, like, here, the, the Cowboys and, and Odell. Like, can we stop with the yeah. flirtation? Can we yeah. just get this done already? Yeah. Let's, um, let's move off to the NFC beast, as we like to call it. Uh, what is the highest winning percentage ever through 11 weeks for one division? It's impressive. 700 winning percentage. Uh, the commies, they, they've shot up here. They've won, what, four or five straight? Yeah, they were one and four. Now they're six and five. Yeah, so uh, good for the commies. They're back. I don't want to start with the Giants. We'll talk about them in a minute. I do want to start with Dallas, who absolutely embarrassed, embarrassed the Minnesota Vikings by three-star play. Uh, to me, it was expected. I didn't think it'd be that bad, but I thought they'd win by a couple of touchdowns here. They would show they're the better team. I don't, and I, I think we've heard this comparison a little bit. Micah Parsons has been compared to Lawrence Taylor, and he's obviously not as good as Lawrence Taylor. And he doesn't need the same attention that Lawrence Taylor do, did, but he is a game wrecker. Yeah. on the Not on the same level, but almost like he was he is so damn good and the whole defense is really good yeah he's extre- he's extremely athletic he's versatile he can even you know go into coverage he's, he's just incredible um yeah i mean a couple takeaways from that game um i think the bigger takeaway to everybody and to me also is the vikings are just not for real like they how first of all they're an eight and two football team with a negative point differential that is insane now obviously they've had some um good wins you know beating the bills on the road last week was a nice win for them but i i can't look at this team and just call them a serious super bowl contender um i think obviously they're a contender for the playoffs they'll probably make the playoffs they're probably still going to win this division but definitely definitely I just I can't sit here and watch them play that game on Sunday and say that they're still legit Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. They're a nice team. They're a nice story. 
I almost felt like they lost. I, I feel like the, the Bills lost that game more so than the Vikings were able to win that game. Yeah. In in Orchard Park a couple of weeks ago. You give them credit. They've won close games. That's a skill. But at the same time, you're not blowing out bad teams. You're not beating the teams like you should. They're going to win the division. They're going to be the two seed most likely in the NFC. But we know what happens when Kirk Cousins has to play under the lights, and we're going to see it. Everybody's going to see it on Thursday afternoon. Thursday night, excuse me. But back to the Cowboys, let's give them credit. They did everything right. They're able to run the ball. They played good defense. Pollard is a beast. Beast. And I think they're going to force themselves into a scenario here where they're going to probably be letting Zeke go at the end of the year because there's, you know, a, a nice time to cut him and not get really killed with, with the money. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pay Pollard right after that, yeah. and rightfully so. Yeah. Well, they'll probably let him walk, honestly. I don't know if you could commit that much money to that position. No, either. don't don't commit too much money to Pollard. But, you know, a Nick Chubb deal, an Aaron Jones deal, I like those contracts. So back to the Vikings real quick. Yeah. I was just curious. I was like, you know, I really want to – I wonder – if the point differential thing, if it kind of matches up with um, their rankings within the NFL, like in terms of yardage and stuff like that. And it's actually worse. Like their rankings in yards and stuff like that is worse than what their point differential says. So um, in terms of yards per game, right? Cause some teams have played 11, some teams have played 10 uh, yards per game. The Minnesota Vikings offense 18th in the NFL. Okay. Now, the defense must be say, really good defensively, then. You'd say if they're 18th in the NFL for the offense and they're 8 and 2, their defense got to be at least top 10, no? Yeah, at least. 29th. Mm. They have the 29th ranked defense in the NFL in terms of yardage, only in front of the Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, and the Detroit Lions. Ugh. So, yeah, I'm really expecting – I don't want to get a little crazy here. Let me look at their schedule really quick before I come out here and say some outlandish stuff. Don't say Green Bay is going to win this division. Um, uh, Okay, yeah. Um, I give this team two more wins on the year. That's it. They play New England. The Jets, the Lions, the Colts, the Giants, the Packers, and the Bears. I'll give them two wins there. Two more wins. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is a bold statement. I will more than gladly sit here and admit I was wrong. But, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. The Minnesota Vikings will finish the season 10-7. and seven. I think they lose this week against New England. Beat the Jets at home, beat the Lions, lose to the Colts, beat the Giants, lose to the Packers, lose to the Bears. Two more wins. There's some bad teams left on there. I know. I know. That's look at nuts. their look at their schedule. They're 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 scraping by teams that they should be destroying. Yeah, I I, I get it, but they just they just scraped out. Now, obviously, something goes for saying everything isn't done in a vacuum. Something goes for saying the fact that they can pull out close games. They they finish games right. They can play all the way through the four quarters. 
But right. they scraped out a win against Washington, which is, you know, I know Washington six and five, but at the time they were really not playing their best football, Washington. Um, they just beat New Orleans. They just beat Detroit. They beat Chicago by a touchdown. They got killed by Philly. And they just got destroyed by the uh, Cowboys. I just, I don't think this is that good of a football team. No, they're not that good of a football team, but I think they're going to finish at least 11 wins here. I understand. I understand your reasoning. You're saying, you know what? They've been lucky. They've been, you know, they're due to lose these close games. I get it. I, I feel the same way about the Giants, but they have some talent on this team. They'll lose they on Thursday. They'll they'll lose Thursday. I I agree. I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get walloped on Thursday. To be honest with you. Yeah, I'd like uh, to see that line. Honestly, two, yeah. they're they're two and a half point favorites. Okay. Yeah. Can I, can we do three star picks now? <laughs> yeah. You want you want to rank the you want to rank the, uh, the the Thanksgiving days? We'll do one two three for the Thanksgiving. Oh, days. you know what? We will. I forgot Thanksgiving is on Thursday. We will do. It won't. We'll probably keep it separate from the star pick segment, but we will give our picks for that. I uh, I like the Cowboys cover spread against what? I don't know. It's up to you. We could we could still do stars in that, but we can talk about it. Yeah, I do really like the Cowboys to cover against the Giants, and let's discuss that quick. Um, we talked about how the Cowboys are. I think the Cowboys are the team in the NFC. Like if I if you said to me, here's a hundred dollars, go place a bet on a team to win the nat the the NFC, yeah, I would take the Cowboys. I think they got everything. I I really I really like Dallas. The other team I like, they're destroying the Cardinals right now, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. But I I, I trust Dak more than I trust Jimmy G. And I, I just really like this team. It's so, and, I, it's so and they're gonna get they're gonna get Odell. They're gonna they're gonna have Odell by the end of the week, I think. You're going to add another receiver to that room, which is going to not only help CeeDee Lamb, but it's going to help Michael Gallup. This is a legit football team. Like, this is different than other years. And I'm a, I'm a Cowboy hater. This is this is a different Cowboy team than the other years where they were just going to the playoffs and losing in the first round. Or second you know round. what? I, I respect that take. And I hate that people come out and say, oh, yeah, but it's the Cowboys. Like, they'll choke like they always do. Like, are we five years old? Come on, they <laughs> had team. They had fraudulent teams. Those yeah, teams. yeah. They they weren't that good. Were we really expecting the Cowboys last year to come out and 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 beat the Niners in that game? And I I, I didn't think they were going to beat the Niners. And it wasn't because oh it's just, it's the same old Cowboys. I was just like yeah. no, the Niners are just a better football team. This Cowboys team is a very good team. I liked the Niners last year, but I I, I think people expected. Maybe to win that first round, you know, and, right. and then then lose. But yeah, you're right. This is um, it's a different team. It's definitely a different team, and I really like Dallas. And before we talk about the 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 Eagles, I want to talk about the Giants quick. Who just listen? You're seven and four. It's been a you've overachieved in a massive way but your injuries are just continue to pile up. And now you're in a situation where you're asking practice squad players to now start and, and, and take on bigger roles. And 
it's going to come crashing and burning. There's a chance they don't make the playoffs. If they don't play well against Washington, they are not going to make the playoffs. They're going to get killed. They're going to get killed on Thursday. I'm telling you. Yeah. And one more thing, and this is really the most interesting part. I Every week that goes by, I start to believe in Daniel Jones even more. Yeah. I Honestly, I don't blame you. I think it's – I don't think you're being biased or you're being too hopeful or whatever. I think the guy's proven that he's been able to play. I mean, he's he's athletic. He's one of the faster quarterbacks in the league, actually. He, honestly, he's very athletic. Um, He's been taking care of the football better. Now, I know he made a couple bad throws yesterday, that, that, yeah. that crazy Aiden Hutchinson interception yesterday. That's not the first time he's done that either, yeah. Hutchinson. It was pretty pretty bizarre. It was like a fake, you know. They they faked that he was gonna rush, and then he dropped yeah. back in the, in the coverage. Um, I, I honestly, I've seen it with Jones, especially the last two years. Like even when his stats wouldn't be that good, I would always you know point his stats, be like, oh look how bad his stats are. But then when you watch him play, you're like, he's really not that bad. Like he's not. It's not like he's like making these like abysmal throws or ever. Now obviously he had the fumble problems when he came into the league. Those have subsided. Um, he's like I said, he's been taking care of the football a lot better. Now, I don't know if this guy is gonna be, you know, ever gonna be a top ten quarterback in the league. And I don't, you know, I don't think necessarily he has to be one. Um, I think he just needs to be what Eli Manning was, and that was a guy who was a good quarterback and in his best days was a bottom of the top ten guy, maybe. And that's it. You need to. I think in in this age of football, you need somebody that is athletic and can run a little bit. These offenses um, need that. You need that in the in these new style offenses. And he has that. You said he's taking care of the ball. He hasn't made many throws where you're like, "What the hell are you doing?" Even that Hutchinson pick yesterday, I was like, "Tip your cap. That was a great play." Yeah, I'm gaining trust in him. And what you know, what he's really doing well. Is and his receivers are just awful. I mean, they they're awful. I'm sure, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. They are. He is able to make plays, getting away, getting out of the pocket, and throwing the football away. And that is what has been impressive with this guy this year. He's just he's making smart moves. You need to be able to make the easy throws, make yep. plays on your feet, right? You know, run for the first down, take what the defense gives you. That's really all that they're he's gonna have to have to do. Now, what separates the Pat Mahomes and the Josh Allen's of the world from guys like him is they can also make those incredible throws and you know really stretch out the defense and throw from all these different platforms and stuff like that. Yeah. But then what separates that a Daniel Jones from a Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson can't make the easy plays because he has horrible footwork, he misses screen passes, and that's when you get in a lot of trouble. Because then it gets very difficult, and then you put up two yards in a half. I think a lot of Daniel Jones' success is predicated toward the offense that Dayball and Mike Kafka have put in for him, and it's, it's been great. And they're a run-first, run-heavy team. But let me ask you this question. If Daniel Jones is on the New York Jets, what is he? Where... Not what is he? Well, yeah, what is he and where are the Jets? If Daniel Jones is on the Jets, I think he's just about what he is right now on the Giants, honestly. I, maybe a little better. I mean, um, 
I think the Jets are, I don't know. It's tough to say, man. I, I'd like to believe that they're eight and two. I think they would have beaten New England twice if they have a competent, decent quarterback. Yeah. I say they're seven and three, beat New England at least once, and they're in yeah. first place right now. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's come back. We'll talk to head coaches, and then we're going to do this interesting segment where we're going to do almost a reverse draft. We're going to draft the worst um, skill group, uh, position groups, excuse me, in the NFL. And we're going to try and build the worst team possible. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very morbid show today. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk a couple of these head coaches. I mean, these coaches in the AFC West. Um, I think three of them are on their seat is steaming right now. It's that hot. So we're going to talk a little NFL coaching and then let's draft the worst team when we come back. The SD podcast channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at SD podcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 80 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Uh, great first segment. Uh, we're going to do a, a very interesting topic where we draft the worst team we possibly can by position groups in the NFL um, in a minute. I do want to get to the AFC West, though, because, listen, this division loaded up. Teams spent money. Teams lost some guys. The Chiefs, they lost a couple of guys, and yet the Chiefs are still at the top of not only the AFC West, but they're at the top of the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP again at minus 160 as of today, November 21st. Um, And I'm right there. I think he is the MVP, and I think he's going to win it. And I think you're pretty crazy to say any other team in, in the AFC right now can dethrone the Chiefs, even though the Buffalo Bills beat them in their own building, I think the Chiefs at this point are better. And it's just really crazy how you lose Hill, you lose a couple other guys, and, and you're still right there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think that the they are the favorite to come out of the AFC. I think they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um, that game on Sunday night, um, obviously in the spread picks, I picked the Chargers, but I said <clears throat> in my picks that I still expected the Chiefs to win the game um I think you know it's interdivisional game the Chargers always play them tough um and you know the Chargers are starting to get a little healthier although Mike Williams had a little setback but this Chiefs team they can they've got a lot of weapons I mean that receiver room is loaded very very deep there's there's not a lot of guys in that room that you know are necessarily the the X Factor guy, uh, you know that they had in Tyreek Hill, but they have five six receivers that would be starters on any other NFL team. Honestly, um, they have three th- deep in the running back room. Yeah, uh, it's kind of weird. It's a different identity for this team. You know, we're so used to the star power of all the weapons, like I said, with a guy like Tyreek Hill and obviously Travis Kelsey, but. Even in the running back room, like you just said, you got Pacheco, you got McKinnon, you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, there's just a lot of depth in uh, those two positions and not necessarily a guy that teams are going to fear, but I think the quantity over quality approach for their offense, it's it's working this year. And obviously when you have a quarterback like Pat Mahomes, 
who can beat you in so many different ways. That's what happens. And and Travis Kelsey owns the Los Angeles Chargers. Like he it, owns he owns the entire crazy. division. Yeah. Is this crazy? Like Mahomes calls him the greatest tight end ever, and he may someday pass Tony Gonzalez and and be the greatest tight end ever if he hasn't done it already. But I shouldn't say if he's done it already. Where do we rank Gronk? Like, am I? Is it a he's hot take to say that he's better? Like, definitely better than Gronk. Like, he's better, he's better Gronk? than Gronk. Gronk okay. was fantastic in terms of you know he, he he was so tough to break down. He was such an amazing red zone target, but. Kelsey is just, you know, uh, shout out, shout out Luke, actually, or our friend, friend of the show. Mm. He said um, the other day, he said, I don't, Travis Kelsey might be the most unguardable guy in the NFL. And honestly, he's right. He is the most unguardable player in the NFL, counting receivers, whoever the hell else you want to talk about. He's the most unguardable guy there is. And he's consistent. He is fast. He's a smart player. Um, he can, he has good run after the catch. He's a great red zone target. He's just all over the place on the field. He's, he's better than Gronk. Um, now who do we consider the best tight end of all time? That's where it gets a little tricky. Is it it Tony Gonzalez? Probably Tony. It's going to, it's going to be him though. It's going to be Kelsey. Honestly. And you're right. The run run after the catch. I mean, last night he takes a little crosser and he, he somehow just beats everybody and gets into the end zone. He truly is unbelievable, and he's consistent. You're right. He, he just, every week, it's like, oh, last, yesterday I was building a same-game parlay. Kelsey touchdown. Yeah. My friend says, that's free. Just check yeah. it. And, <laughs> yeah, it was three times last yep. night. Now let's talk about the not-so-good in the AFC West. And I'm not completely bailing out on the Chargers just yet. They can still sneak into the playoffs. But Brandon Staley, I think the time has run out here where – Justin Herbert may not, we've talked about this before, Herbert may not be getting worse, but he's not getting better. And I think that has something to do with the coach here. I think that his talent is, you know, close to second to none, right? You know, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, you can count on one hand basically in the NFL, guys who are more talented than Justin Herbert. But, yeah, he's being restricted by the poor coaching, by the injuries that his team has had. Um, You could just tell. I mean, last week against um, San Francisco, he was making beautiful throws, just just putting them in perfect places. But they didn't end up winning the game because his receivers were Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter. And uh, they, they obviously have not. Me as a an Austin Eckler fantasy owner, it's it's great to see the guy just constantly catching balls and putting up these 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 easy points. But from a, obviously a team winning perspective, it's not good that Austin Eckler gets like eight catches for thirty yards every game. Yeah, it's 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 really not good. Like there's something wrong going on with whether it's guys aren't getting open, they're calling the wrong plays, they don't have a creative enough scheme, the receivers aren't talented enough, whatever it is. You know, Herbert doesn't have enough time to throw. Whatever. That's not good. Like, they – some changes need to be made with this team, whether it's personnel, whether it's coaching. Herbert is being held back. Yeah, and they're banged up. There's no doubt about it. They've been banged up, like you said, all year. They lost – why am I blanking on his name? Rashawn Slater. 
their left tackle. So it's not like they haven't had injuries, but you're 100% right. And I, I think it's coaching. I, I blank it on who the offensive coordinator is. Staley, who I was actually a huge fan of, is not the guy. Yeah. They may have to move on from the head coach at the end of the year. But his seat is not as warm as some other teams in that division as we head to Denver and we head to Las Vegas. And they played a crap ball yesterday where could Devontae Adams be more wide open on that game winning touchdown? Right. Insane. What are you doing? Nobody within like a 15 yard radius of the guy. He was just unbelievable. And I feel bad for Denver fans because. You bring in Russell Wilson and you have these weapons and you say, well, this is going to be a really good team. We have the defense and the defense has actually outperformed. I think anyone's expectations coming into the year. I mean, they've been one of the best defenses in the entire yeah. league and arguably the best. And their offense has been so crappy. Wilson has been so bad that, they're done. This season's a throwaway, and yep. and you seriously have to ask your, your, yourself, what is the future for this team? And Nathaniel Hackett seems like he's just a dead man walking at this point. Yeah, honestly, I don't think the guy should, you know, make it back to that facility next year. He should not be the coach of the Denver Broncos. He probably shouldn't be the coach of the Denver Broncos right now. I mean, I know that's a big overreaction, but it's really been that bad. Um, it's, I, I really just find it funny the way that this division has gone and the way we thought it was going to be coming into the year that, you know, everybody was saying, could this be the first time with the new rule, you know, the new playoff changes from last year that we see a full division make the playoffs. We might see one team out of this division. Yeah. It, it, it really is crazy. Um, now when we, you know, if we're talking about this coaching and who's on the hot seat, obviously Hackett's on a red hot seat. Josh McDaniels somehow did it again this offseason, got himself another head coaching job, and to the surprise of no nobody on this show, at least, um, that is not going well at all. So I think they'll, they, the both of them probably should be fired. I think Hackett's the more likely one because I, I keep hearing a lot about they like McDaniels in, in, in Las Vegas. They, they're going to give him another year at least, which is a mistake to me, but Sure, go ahead. Um, From what I've read, they have a cash flow problem, and Davis, does, the owner, does not want to pay two head coaches at one time. And either way, he's getting another shot next year. Problem. Dude. I know you're you're an NFL owner. That Unlo that, unless uh, right, unless they owe so much money for the stadium, but then again, it doesn't even come out of their pocket. I don't think. I'm pretty sure that's publicly funded. They do owe they do owe Gruden a ton of money still. Right, they owe Gruden. Um, yeah, but you, I mean, you're one of the most popular franchises in the NFL. How? What, what? I don't know. I don't know how any NFL owner has a cash flow problem. Maybe he's just a stubborn a hole and doesn't want to look bad with these decisions and doesn't want to move off of another coach. I don't know, but that's where we're at. There's something off in that locker room. I think we were talking about that before with another team. There's something off there. I don't know what it is, but there's something not right there. Not It's not just 
oh, he's a bad coach scheme wise. The players aren't playing well. Something else is off, and I, you know, nobody's gonna know what it is unless a story breaks about it. Yeah, but those are definitely two coaches that should not be there next year. And I, I think Hackett, I, I think they'll fire Hackett. I do. I think Hackett will be gone. But McDaniel's, I think McDaniel's has somehow bought himself another year. It's just really weird because they have they obviously have a lot of weapons in uh, Las Vegas. Waller's been hurt most of the year. Foster Monroe is a beast. Yeah, <laughs> he's not that bad, honestly. He really isn't. Um, Hunter Renfro has had a abysmal. Yeah, I mean the guy had a thousand yards last year, and I don't even know if he'll get to freaking five hundred this year. It's been really bad. And maybe the biggest bust of them all for the Raiders has been Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's got a half a sack on the whole season. You know, you said that we both didn't like McDaniel's, and I didn't love McDaniel's, but I like this Raider team. I thought they had yeah. the skill, especially defensively, with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on on each side of that defensive line. I thought they'd be able to win some games and and, and compete for a playoff. So I think they I may mean, have them in. I don't remember, but. It's just been massively disappointing. And look, Josh Jacobs, finally. I, I was a year too early on Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Two years early on Josh Jacobs. Yeah. In fantasy. Um, all right. Break. What? So he's finally breaking out in fantasy. I know. He looks like a beast. All right. Let's um, let's move on here. Let's do this segment. Let's draft the worst teams in the NFL right now. You want to do a head coach? I think they're both Yeah, we be... can throw in head coach. They're going to both be from these two teams. I'll take Hackett. You want McDaniels? Sure. All Perfect. right. So so Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach of my worst 2022 NFL team of all time. We're going to give JM the first pick here, though. All right. So I was giving this deep consideration. And, you know, I, I thought what goes worse for a football team than having a bad quarterback room? But then I got thinking, I'm like, well, the biggest position on this board is we are literally selecting an entire defense. So I figured I got I got a couple options there with the offense, but why don't I go with the most obviously bad defense in the NFL by a good, like, 20 yards per game? Give me the Detroit Lions defense first overall pick. Very nice. So we're going to draft defenses. We're going to draft a tight end room, quarterback room, running back room, offensive line and wide receiver room. JM goes with the whole shebang on defense and takes the Lions defense first pick. Let's just go. We'll do a, what do you call it? Back and forth draft. I don't care if you have the first pick. We're good. I'll do the second pick. I thought you were going to take this one. Quarterback, sure, is the most important position on the field. But not being able to block for your quarterback is incredibly difficult. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams offensive line with the second overall pick. It's a pretty nice pick there. All they right. are booty. All right. Um, respect that. Didn't think I'd be able to have first crack at quarterback after picking the defense, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the the Houston Texans quarterback room. Yeah, that, sure. That is, uh, Davis Mills and Kyle Allen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else needs to be said? That that's it. Jam. It's it's not what you want. No. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the kind words of Joe Girardi. It's not this what you, is it, what? Yeah, no, it's not what you want. All right. My second pick. Um, you know what? 
the New York Giant wide receivers is an obvious choice when it comes to the skill positions. So we're going to take them here. Uh, Daniel Jones is working with nothing. He's working with Matt Breida and Saquon Barkley and Darius Slayton. So give the guy credit for what he's been able to do. Let's take him. Wandell Robinson now out for the season. So you've got Slayton. You've got Kenny Galladay, who has four catches on the year. You have, I guess they're going to have to promote David Sills, the fourth, to the active roster. I don't know who's going to be catching footballs on Thursday against Dallas Dallas Cowboys, but it's going to be bad. Give me the Giants wide receivers. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, All right. So nobody's picked a running back yet. I think this and tight end are the only two position groups that haven't picked by either side yet. Yeah. I'm going to go with the running backs, and I am going to go with the Denver Broncos running back room of Latavius Murray, a recently injured Chase Edmonds, Marlon Mack, and a IR-ridden Mike Boo. I mean, there's two healthy running backs on this team right now, and it's Marlon Mack, Latavius Murray. I don't know if they have a guy coming off the practice squad soon, but yeah, it's pretty pretty abysmal. And the, the newly waived Melvin Gordon doesn't exist. Pretty sure you're going to regret that pick in a couple of weeks when Latavius Murray is the number one fantasy running back over the last month. Oh, um, okay. I would, let, let me know who's selling you a uh, crack or whatever you're doing. Let me... Yeah, Latavius Murray is going to carry some fantasy football teams. I hope people are ready okay. for that. Okay. Now the quarterback room is where I'm going to go next. And I'm debating. Maybe you can help me out. I think Andy Dalton, I don't think he's half bad. So I'm probably not picking the Saints. I'm between the Atlanta Falcons quarterback room and the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield, we know how bad he is. But P.J. Walker has shown something this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And Marcus Mariota has not been terrible. They're winning football games. They're covering football games. And then you've got the rookie Desmond Ritter, who hasn't played a snap in the NFL on the bench. So give me give me the Falcons quarterback room. As much as I love Marcus Mariota and I love the Atlanta Falcons, give me the Atlanta Falcons quarterback room. Honestly, not a bad pick. I'm surprised he didn't pick the Jets, honestly. I like, considered the – I really considered the I Jets. I know the backups aren't too bad, like White and Flacco. Right. Aren't that bad. But Zach Wilson might be the 32nd or 31st best starter in the NFL. Um, no, I, I 100% considered the Jets, but went in a different direction. All right. Well, congratulations, Michael Merlo and the New York Giants, because you have two position groups. For, which is odd for a seven and three football no, team. Oh, you're taking. I am tight taking ends? the New York Giants tight ends of, yeah, of real big surprise here. Uh, oh. Daniel Bellinger, Lawrence Cager, Tanner Hudson, and Chris Myrick. Yeah, yeah, my Myrick has a touchdown on the year. So does oh. Cager. Bellinger's a beast. Okay, yeah. Cager was a jet. Cager was a jet. He was a receiver, and they literally only kept him because he was like Sam Darnold's like second favorite target at USC and then they made him a tight end. He's 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 nothing nothing great. But no. Okay, well disrespect there. It is crazy. If we were doing if we were doing like position groups for um defenses, the Giants also would have been considered for 
secondary with the two injuries I have right now with to McKinney and Adoree Jackson, and most likely linebacker, because I can't even tell you outside of Tate Crowder, if he's even still on the team, who's playing linebacker for the Giants. But I digress. Uh, the defense, uh, they actually just played. I'm taking the Cardinals defense. Um, JM, I, I don't know many guys on this defense. I, I could name a handful. They don't get a pass rush. They don't stop the run. They don't do much. Yeah. What, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, and J.J. Watt have to plays? Please. What a terrible decision for Watt, by the way, to go there two years ago, whenever the hell that was. So give me the Cardinal defense. Could have went Falcons. I uh, could have went uh, from blanking on the other team. The Texans and the Panthers could legitimately be. We could just draft those two teams. Yeah, and and be somewhere. But give me the the Cardinals defense there. See, see, this is tough. I I think I want to go receiver here, but I got it down to two teams. And I don't know whose receivers are worse. It's just, it's really. Okay. Do I have a decision? I think you got to make one. All right. I am going to take the Chicago Bears wide receivers. Now, they just got Chase Claypool. Decent get there. Nothing crazy. Um, Darnell Mooney's okay. Pretty good. He's like a solid, maybe number three, maybe low end number two to have on your team. Nothing better than that. It was between them. I was looking at the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, you got Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, and uh Nick Westbrook Sakine. Nothing great there, but Robert Woods has had a pretty decent career. I think Traylon Burks has some more potential. Um, yeah, tough, tough, tough decision there. And the last team I was looking at was the New England Patriots. But yeah, I, I I'm a fan of Traylon Burks, but I almost I almost made this pick. If you had picked the Giants, this was going to be my pick. What the Titans? Yeah, I was going to say Titans okay. wide receiver room. So, pretty bad. I was. Yeah, I also consider the Titans quarterbacks. Yeah, honestly, Tannehill is, but there's a lot worse quarterbacks. Yeah, they win. They they somehow win. You know, they give me hope as a Giants fan for this year. Not to win a damn Super Bowl, but to make a playoff, you know, make the playoffs. Right. That team gives me hope where the defense is great and they're great, especially the interior defensive line is great. But there's just nobody's and they somehow win because great coaching. They give me hope. All right. I think I'm going to win with this pick right here. Wow. Okay. I need you to do me a favor. Go on the fantasy when you whenever you get a chance. Go on fantasy. ESPN fantasy. Look, go to all. Go to tight ends and then look at the Panthers tight ends. Okay. Yeah. We'll start with Tommy Tremble. I think <laughs> he. I think Tommy Tremble starts like he's the number one tight end. Number two is Ian Thomas. Giovanni Ricci. Who? Yeah, number number three, and Stefan Sullivan, who was projected two point four points in fantasy this week. I mean, I, that's got to be the worst tight end room of all time. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty annoyed that you, uh, you took the Rams offensive line. That was, that was a very good pick. 
Yeah, I, I'm happy I was able to get that at one. I thought you were gonna take it. Wait, the way you started that off, I thought you were gonna take it. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, this is my last position group I got to take. Yeah. Offensive line is bad, and now there's obviously no real way of judging this. You could go by depth chart and look at the the roster, but I like to just see the way they're performing this year. Um. Honestly, you know whose offensive line has been really bad? I'm not going to pick them. The Bucks' offensive line has not been good at all. Yeah, a lot of injuries before they the year. They cannot run the football. Um, stalling, stalling, stalling some more. I consider the Bengals here. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans' offensive line. Okay. I think I think that's a pretty safe pick. Yeah. They're obviously not a good football team. They have the fourth least amount of rushing yards per game, which might be a surprise to people considering the Damian Pierce season we've been seeing. But in terms of team total rushing, they're 29th in the NFL. Davis Mills is the seventh highest sacked quarterback in the NFL this year. So I'm going to go Texans. Um, now, Justin Fields is actually the most sacked quarterback in the NFL by eight. I think that has a little bit to do with him holding on to the ball for too long. And yeah, if I life. some sacks himself. Um, yeah, because the Bears' run offense has been actually very good. They are the number one rushing team in the NFL by, like, 35 yards, which is insane because all Justin Fields does is run. But, yeah, Texans offensive line. All righty. And I got to go with the running backs. Least yeah. important position on the field, last pick for me. Um... This is a tough one, and I consider you took the Broncos, which, you know, especially in light of today's news, is is a really good pick. I'm between the Rams and the Ravens, and I think I'm going to take the Ravens. This may seem like a weird pick. Wow. Yeah. Like, all right, Dobbins is lost for the year, okay? Justice Hill is on this team. Mike Davis is on this team. Patrick Rashard, he's the fullback. And then we got Kenyon Drake and Gus Edwards. I mean, there's a lot of guys here. And we're just, we're just completely discarding uh, Dobbins. There's a lot of guys here, but not much there. I mean, running back is a tough position to pick. I, and you don't have much talent here. It, it's definitely not good, but I, I don't know, man. I don't like that pick. I feel like there's a lot of other teams, like like the Panthers. How about them? I you like know, Foreman and Hubbard. I, Foreman's a really good running back. Right? They're okay. Is that a I would take games? the I would take Donta Foreman over any of these guys. You take Donta Foreman. I take Gus Edwards over Donta Foreman. I mean, I don't the, think so. Uh, all right, we're we're just having a mid off right now. Why yeah, we? This is, this, this is. is kind of gross, even arguing about what this. other running backs do you consider though? Well, I, I'm I'm genuinely asking. I'm looking around the league. The Chiefs. Atlanta? The Chiefs honestly is bad. I thought about the Chiefs. But I'm like Pachenko, you know, is a good receiving back. He's fast. He's quick. I like him. Ceh is your third running back. I mean, he's not good, but he's your third running back. I'd probably take him over. A couple of these guys here in, in, in Baltimore. The only other team I considered was the Rams. I probably wouldn't want Panthers. And I think 
if if Cornell Patterson didn't come back from injury, if his injury was a little worse, you could definitely say the Falcons. But yeah, that de- definitely would have been. The, I would have considered the Falcons. I didn't even honestly, the Falcons, but I all right. Here's if another. To, here's another steaming to... hot take for me. Oh God. You know who probably should be considered for this, and I would definitely consider them yeah. the Bucks. I don't. I I think Leonard Fournette is one of the most overrated running backs in football. He is a productive fantasy running back, which this year he hasn't even been that productive. But he's really just past his prime. He's not a good running back anymore. He, Jam, he's been overrated his entire career. Yeah, his entire career, going back to college. Overrated. I really think that's one of the worst running back rooms in football. I considered it for a second as well, but I have a little respect for a tiny bit respect for Fournette. I like this kid. Uh, was what was it? White is the is the guy that uh, Rashad drafted? White. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't mind him. I think he's a pretty good back. Were they gonna buy this week? Yeah. After they after sticking him in Germany, they sent him on a buy. Yep, they gave him a nice little buy. All right, JM. That's a great. That's a very fun and disgusting segment at the same time. You want to read off our teams quick? Sure. Um, I didn't write it down, but I. Do remember off the top of my head, I took the Texans quarterback room, the Broncos running back room, the Bears receiver room, the Giants tight end room, the Texans offensive line, and the Lions defense. And I have my wonderful coach, Josh McDaniels. Yes. And I took the Atlanta Falcons quarterback room. I took the Baltimore Ravens running back room the New York Giants wide receiver room, the Carolina Panthers tight ends and defense. I had the Arizona Cardinals. I took the line. Don't forget. And the offensive line. My number one pick, the Los Angeles Rams with Nathaniel Hackett as my head coach. We could, you know, we could have, could have considered Russ possibly like the Broncos quarterback room. Yeah, honestly. No, I got seven touchdowns on the season. Gonna consider that one. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for episode 80. Fun episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yes. the mid-food and no, all right, stop. I'm not uh... ending the show on that. It's good. Mer- Merlo just unfortunately, you know, his mom's a pretty good cook, but she can't cook Thanksgiving food, obviously, because no, they cook it. Thanksgiving food, they, they cook it very well. It's just that all right. I don't like it. Well. You're entitled to your opinion, but it's some good food, man. Oh, and the dessert—the dessert might be the best part. The pump, the pies, pumpkin pie, apple pie, pie whenever you want. All right, all right. There's a reason why we don't eat this food all the time. Save it for a special occasion, exactly. No, yeah, obviously, dude. I don't want turkey and stuffing like once a month. I don't want to be eating that on a regular basis. But turkey it's nice sucks. to have once in a while. Turkey sucks. It fits the. All right, whatever, man. Turkey sucks. Your little baby. Good. Your little baby. You know what? I guess I am. No, oh, God. I guess I am. No, seriously, enjoy the day. Um, enjoy the holiday. It's Christmas season, guys. So, so get ready. And um, maybe the Giants put up a fight. We'll see. But uh, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, thanks for listening.